This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to the second hour, everybody. It's Wolf, Starks, and the Ninjas in the locker room. And we get a chance right now to welcome in one of our good friends, a buddy that we have in weekly into the locker room. One of our guests, it would be the coach, Tom Bradley. Coach, I got to tell you something. You know, this this team here, uh, you got a month left. You got an opportunity to go for the gold for the, for, for the finish line here, which is obviously you want to get into the playoffs. But to, to get everybody pointed in the same direction, to get everybody, like, mindful of there's only so much time left to state your reason for being on this club. How does a coach approach that? I mean, do you just – you remind them that, look, time is growing short here? Or, or what, what would you do? Know that, all right? Say that again. I missed you, buddy. I said, I said, I last night I was, I had dinner and I had some Patagonian toothfish. <laughs> is that the solution to everything? All right, the Chilean yeah. sea bass. This is yeah. the great knowledge that you get from listening to this show. <laughs> hey, I tell you what, it's good. it's a great point you made there, Wolf, because uh, you got a four-game season. If you look at the schedule of everybody coming down the road, anything can happen right now. The object is just get into the playoffs. Doesn't matter how you get there, back in, drive in, move in, who cares? Just get into the playoffs. <laughs> and then anything can happen once you get into the playoffs. And as you're seeing now with all this COVID stuff going on and people, you know, injuries and a million different things can happen. So the finish line, these last four games, to me, it's like, you know, you've got to win these games. You've got to win three to four. And the best way to get in the playoffs, I think, is just win the division. And what you can do based on how this schedule sets up with, you know, just analyzing the schedule of who, the, you know, the, the Ravens, Bengals, Browns, and, and, and the Steelers are each playing. So it's going to get really interesting here as you as you come down to the end here, especially, you know, the last week of the season. You know, the Pittsburgh at the Ravens and, and yeah. the uh, Bengals at the Browns. So it's getting, you know, it's going to get really kind of interesting as we come down. I just hope that tie doesn't, you know, mess things up here at the end. But um, it, it, it should be a real fun finish. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, when we look at just kind of where we're at, you know, Joe Hayden not practicing yesterday, you know, I mean, is, is this a deeper issue? Has this secondary you felt come along enough? to be able to overcome the lack of Joe Hayden? Or is Joe Hayden still, you know, he's absolutely necessary. We need him in this game on Sunday. I think we need Joe Hayden. Uh, I'm a big Joe Hayden fan, just having coached him and been around him, you know, the way he goes about his business. You know, there's not many guys like Joe Hayden. And I sure would like to have Joe Hayden going down this stretch. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. As you know, you guys, you know, DBs with toes and things, are it's a whole different world. You guys have played offensive <laughs> line. You know, with, yeah. <laughs> tape it up, tape it up, and go. Right. <laughs> you know, that, that two-yard box you worked in, Wolf, remember? <laughs> Max, you did you tell Max how we did DB drills? Max, one day, Wolf and I did DB drills. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty, oh, pretty good. It was his ugly. His backpedal was not very good. His backpedal was <laughs> not did, great. Did, did he get into a kick slide and a turn, <laughs> run the hula hoop? Well, he did, did he run the arc? <laughs> well, he, he was really um, 
a little bit sluggish coming out of this break. <laughs> sluggish Maxie, is being very kind. <laughs> Max, you should have seen it. It was classic that day. I think everybody would wonder, what are we doing over there? What are these guys doing? His t- hey, Max, his T-step was really bad. <laughs> 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 Thankfully, there was no film or video of it. <laughs> that you know of. That, you know of. Oh, that you know of. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's, that makes you double clutch. <laughs> I mean, I, I think the one thing you guys know, the one thing when you, when the Steelers not doing a great job stopping the run right now and, and some other issues they have, one of the things that could really get things going if we've got to get our running game going because the Titans this week, you know, they can run that football even without the big guy. Yes. You know what, Coach? That's yeah. one of the things I wanted to ask you about. When you look at the at, at this Titans offensive line, my goodness, it's like uh, it's like uh, going back a decade or so, a couple decades maybe, in in the way offensive lines play. This is the way it was back in the day, almost. I mean, these guys really come off and they have a low pad level, and they're really about kind of you know moving uh moving the line of scrimmage uh back and and being able to uh you know take bodies and people move them yeah they're people movers you know you know that taylor lewan and david quisenberry are big time tackles and i don't know is uh saffold gonna go this week any word on him yet i know he was kind of questionable maybe coming into the game but that's a good line with jones and davis you know that's that's one of the best lines in this league in my opinion no doubt about it. I mean, these guys can bang. Yeah, no, yeah they, so, well, they, they're quintessential. Yeah, that's going to be a key to the game. And, and, you know, one of the things is obvious, and I think it always is, every coach goes into the game, hey, let's stop the run, you know, don't, and every offensive guy wants to run that ball and, and be able to control the football. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, would you look at, at Ryan Tannehill, uh, what are some of the things that concern you? Like, like we know he's a short to intermediate passer, uh, very accurate, but very quick to get the ball out. I mean, what what is the what, what do you say to your DB room when combating against this? Like, how how how, how what's the best course of action to, to play against him? Yeah, one thing you want to do is snug these guys up. But but Ryan's not asked to control. You know, he's not asked to win the game. He's just asked to control the game. Okay, because you know the way they run the football, you don't see him in a lot of you know longer situations you know you don't have a chance to do a lot of you know fancy stuff and some trickery or things of that nature with him because you're just not in that situation so i think it's the one thing you have to do this week is definitely snug them up get on top of them asap because that ball's coming out quick it's not going to be hung long there'll be some play action obviously in the game but it's it's something that you just you know have to be aware of and the one thing you got to be ready this week is you know you got to tackle. You know, you're going to have to get in there and make some tackles as it gets into that secondary line of defense. You know, when I, I look at these guys, one of the things that, that stands out to me, and Max and I have been going back and forth about it a little bit, is I guess ever since Justin Herbert, I've been a little bit unnerved by, you know, quarterbacks that you didn't really think about their running ability, and all of a sudden uh, they hit you with some running ability. I mean, it's not like he's a Lamar Jackson or anything, and Max points that out, you know, but at the same time, this is a guy that can hurt you on some of those, you know, again, Max was talking about the, the twist stunts where you get the defensive ends walled off and the tackles are outside and you got all kinds of stuff opening up in the middle. This is a place where a guy like Tannehill can really take it to you and you've got to have some sort of options 
available to you about keeping an eye on this guy because he is he's definitely an athlete. There's no question about that. That's a great point right there. I just get nervous, Wolf, when you start going back and forth, back and forth. It makes me nervous. I don't know what that means when you're going back and forth. But, uh, well, talking back and forth is, you know, we're, you know, I'm, I'm of the opinion. I'm like going, oh, you got to have somebody watching him. And Max is going, no, you don't have to have somebody watching him, watching him. Just keep an eye on him. So it's like one of those things, you know, what gradient do you keep an eye on? Or are you like actively putting a spy on him? Well, you know, I don't think you need a spy. You just got to be smart in your rush lanes and where you are. Keep him on your inside shoulder. You know, be disciplined. Oh, stop putting my, Max is sitting there going, he's lording yes. over. Oh, yes. That's, more. Yes. More. Give me more. <laughs> Give me more. Yes, exactly, want, Wolf. Oh, Max, Max wants to bring. He wants to bring them all, baby. Bring them up. No, yeah. no, that's me. No, I'm no. like, yeah, no, I'm a spy. No, but, He's like, no, yeah, that's, that's Wolf. I'm like, no. I'm saying, give me more, Coach Bradley, because you're 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 speaking my language, and what I'm trying to infuse into Wolf's dome is that no, you don't have to commit a spy to him. You ha- all you have to do is keep no. an eye on him. Be yes, aware correct. of where he's at. That's all you got to do, Max. You make a good point, and. Uh, it's like keeping an eye on Wolf sometimes. You know how that goes? You gotta keep an eye yeah. on especially, ar- especially around plates of food. Especially around plates of food. Oh, you forget it. If you leave, it's gone. Like, you don't yeah, exactly. Prime table. rib. The redder, the better. You know, he, he, he's all over it. Don't, e- don't, even, don't even turn your head to look at the screen. <laughs> Max, I've been victimized by that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have eaten together, have we, Tom? I got to tell Max about, well, the the whole thing came about when we had a caller call in and start talking about Chilean sea bass. And we found out that it was actually Patagonian toothfish. It was renamed Chilean sea bass because nobody wanted to have a toothfish, right? (laughs) So they renamed it Chilean sea bass. Then it became, well, why Chile? I mean, you know, I mean, could it be, you know, Argentina or something? Argentinian? Yeah, so these are the questions that Tom and I came to mull over during a, a radio show in training camp. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, De- definitely. I, I can see that being a two-segment uh, dissection. There. <laughs> I think we made a whole show out of it, didn't we, Tom? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we did. That is a true story, Matt. <laughs> One of the athletes that I think that has been responding productively is a guy named Akello Witherspoon, who we got some production out of it. last Thursday, had a couple of interceptions, and the one was, it was beautiful. I mean, the first one was a ricochet, which, you know, that's a matter of things coming together, being aware. But that second one, when he jumped the route, I thought that was absolutely terrific. 
So I think you make a great point, and that's the one thing about the Steelers over the years. They've, they've always been ahead in the turnover differential. You know, and right now they're at minus two, okay? And that's where they got to make some hay now is get some more turnovers, and, and that'll, you know, obviously help their offense a lot with being on the field, more better field position and all those things. But I think that's one of the things that they haven't done well yet this year is do that, that turnover differential is key going down the stretch here. In these last four games, and like we said, anything can happen. You know, it's everybody saying, "Well, they back in." Who cares how you get in? Just get in, okay? Exactly, exactly. Hey, I got fifty dollars, Wolf. Right? I got fifty dollars for this. I got fifty dollars. <laughs> I need a ticket. I need a ticket. However, we can get in there. I just need to be in the building for that occasion. He's a big um, shooter, isn't he, Tommy? Fifty bucks, right? Fifty whole wow. dollars, whole dollars, a single bill. It's not broken down in twenties <laughs> and tens, or or even fives and ones. <laughs> well, we'll take them any way we can get them, right, Wolf? <laughs> you know it, exactly. Especially if I can get Max to pay for lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't do it, Max. But, Don't do it. No, no, no that it's that's when you hit the lunch buffet. <laughs> lunch buffet. It's not by the plate. It let let them have at it. Turn them loose on a golden corral. You know. <laughs> One of my favorite establishments, by the way. Yeah, yeah there we go. See, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Found his heart. But um, but you know, Co- coach. I mean, like you said. I mean, what 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 do you think it is? Is it just is it just the luck of the draw with with when it comes to the turnover battle this year? Because you see the Steelers around a lot of a lot of potential turnovers. They just haven't captured them. Now in the last couple of weeks, yes, it's picked up. You know, Wolf mentioned Akella Witherspoon. Minka Fitzpatrick also having a couple of a couple of ints. Um, you know, what 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 is it? Is is there art form to it? Is there, is there that knack or instinct? Like, how is it that you know you can have some years like you did last year where it was just a turn? Just turnovers just seem to happen every time they 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 conjured them up, and now they've been around. They just can't take advantage of it. Well, I think what happens is, and they being around it enough, they, they come in bunches sometimes. You don't get in all of a sudden, you get a bunch of. But I think what's hurting the Steelers' turnovers this year, to me, is the rushing yards that they're allowing because people don't have to put the ball up as much, you know. So, you know, you're not getting as many picks and, and, and that type of things when people are controlling the ball and running the ball. They just haven't been able to, you know, get them into situations will force them to do some things that they might not want to do. But um, like I said, these last four games, it's, it's, it's playoff season right now here. And, and as we're going to watch the end of this, the way that schedule sets up, and you guys have been looking at it too, like it's going to get quite interesting here as we come down this stretch. Tom, as you look at this, this Steelers defense, which has really struggled against the run, um, you look at that uh, offensive line coming at you from the Tennessee Titans. What's your words of advice if you were to address that defensive line, that front end especially, and, and what are the points of emphasis that you would make in uh, you know defending against the, the run? Well, you know, the one thing I want to say, that, because I think a lot of times it's everybody saying, well, the front, usually when people are running, getting runs like they're getting in yards, like it's, it's all three levels. There's prop, you know what I mean? There's, right. there's gap control, there's, there's fits. There's missed tackles, and there's a bunch of things going on. It's just not one, you know, point the finger because you know where the thumb's going right back at you, right? So, you know, I think what you're going to have to do is just be – it's going to be a physical football game like they what they did with the Ravens, you know, when they played them. It's going to be a, just a knockdown, drag out. This should be a really physical Pittsburgh Steelers football game on Sunday afternoon that I'm looking forward to watching. 
All right. I want to thank you so very much, Coach. We appreciate you coming to the locker room, even if you sided with Max today. My goodness. I'm going to side with Max a lot. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. What we, can we you do? The, we the forces combined. I mean, listen, there's a lot that we have to combat with Wolf. So you know, I appreciate it, Coach, when you can come on and provide <laughs> you know, an alliance with me. I, I, I really appreciate that. Max, I know what you're going through. Hang in there, buddy. Okay? <laughs> right. Thank you so much, Coach Tom Bradley. We appreciate you, you, brother. Guys. Have a good day. All right, man. Merry Christmas to you. All right, we'll be back with more. We've got uh, Jerry Dulac coming up next from the Post-Gazette. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody, and we are happy to bring in one of our buddies again, uh, the great Jerry Dulac, and uh, this is Chupka's Cafe 2 on the south side. Go there, check out all the NFL action, one of our 20 t- TVs. I'm sorry, my phone went dead just for a moment there. I'm like going, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. But go to Chupka's 2 on the south side. He's, Jerry's brought to you by Chupka's 2. All right, check out all the NFL action on one of our 20 TVs. We have an indoor-outdoor patio available for parties. Grab a nice cold bucket of Coors Light at Chupka's Cafe, too. And by the way, they have terrific food there. I can tell you that. I have been there on numerous occasions and have eaten very finely there. So, Jerry, welcome, my friend. Well, Wolf, thanks. And anytime you attest to the food, because as we know, you're such a discerning eater, <laughs> then uh, the food must, must be awfully good. I will say to Max that, um, you know, I keep, I keep Phoenix in my, in my phone weather app because I want to tease myself in January or February <laughs> and see what the temperature is. But I noticed today, Max, it's a high of 63, which is the same as it is here in the birds. Whoa. Whoa. Double whoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if Uh. I didn't have to do TV, I'd be wearing shorts. (laughs) Must be nice. Jerry, I got to ask. 45 here. It's 45 right now. It's 45 right now. I did see that, Max. I I didn't want to give the instant update. I just see what the projection is for the rest of the day. Sounds good. Yeah. All right, Jerry, you wrote an article, and you talked about um, the things that, uh, you know, Ben is, is, is piling up stats, but both good and bad. And one of them, I, I, was, I was really surprised. I couldn't believe the, the sack totals that have – he's now the all-time most sack quarterback, is he not? Yeah, and he began the season third, but not a, not a whole lot behind uh, Brett Favre. Tom Brady was ahead of him, too. Um, and so you, you figured it was only going to be a matter of time unless Tom Brady was racking up the sacks. And I believe he has been sacked only 16 times this year. Ben has been sacked 30 times, and uh, that puts him at the top. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers, aside from Tom Brady, of course, Aaron Rodgers is the next closest active uh, sacked quarterback, and I don't know that he'll get to Ben. So it's conceivable, although we have to expect Tom Brady to play another year. Um, if, if not, too, it is conceivable that Ben could end up as the most sacked quarterback in NFL history. And the irony of that, Wolf, is that since 2015, he has been the least sacked quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, the Steelers built that wall around him with their three pro bowlers. And, um, you know, Ben was was untouched for all those years. Well, yeah, we saw in Minnesota, you know, not just the five sacks uh, in the first half, 
but it was the he was getting pounded, and he had, I think uh, they had seven or eight quarterback hits on top of that, and he was taking some vicious hits. And yet, and yet at age 39, he comes out in the second half, and he's 21 and 27 for 240 yards and three touchdowns. You know, it's just another example. And and these people who have you know who have always wanted uh, uh, you know to move on from Ben and he looks tired and his arm doesn't have it anymore, despite the fact he had three completions of 30, 37, and 38 yards. These people don't understand what this team to look like when he leaves. And we, we have to basically assume it's going to be at the end of the year. Um, but, uh, he could, you know, he is, not, he is not slowing down to the finish. He is stepping it up his last five games, even his last – games you know the last five games are the best stretch of the season and uh you know he's protected the football he had the two picks against the Bengals I believe but you know his passer rating in the last five games is uh 107 and some change uh that's pretty darn good no absolutely uh, Jerry and uh I take no responsibility for everything that happened before 2015 apparently um <laughs> want to quantify that with saying that he should have gotten the ball out quicker uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know max he even he even joked yesterday when i asked him i said what you know what does that say to you when you're the most sacked quarterback he says that i've been around a long time and i probably <laughs> held the ball too long <laughs> yeah 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 no i mean because especially early on i mean my you know the first nine years i mean Let's just face it, the first half of his career, I mean, Ben held the ball. It was like he was like the longest holding quarterback. For like long, right, right. He'd hold the ball for like six seconds, shed three blocks, you know, move right, move left. And I was like, man, just get the ball out, you know. But <laughs> and, then, uh, and, then, and, then, and then last year, Max, he leads the, end, and at the lowest uh, snap to throw time in NFL history, which is, go, you know, four seconds less than what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, where was this? I mean. I could have we we could have had more pro bowlers on our squad if you got the ball out that quick. You know, I mean, well, I mean, geez. Well, you know, he had that he had that stretch max from '06 to '09, that four year stretch where he was sacked uh, 189 times. So uh, do the math uh, real quickly on that. You know, that averages to uh, 47 sacks wow. a season for that yeah. four year span. Yeah. And we still managed to win a Super Bowl. How about that? <laughs> That's exactly right. Think, exactly think about right. that. Yeah, no. Right. But, uh, but Jerry, I mean, you know, looking at this game, obviously hearing the news of Montrevious Adams um, possibly being unavailable for this game, you know, the defense and then Joe Hayden missing practice yesterday, um, where, does it, where does it put your confidence level as far as having um, guys ready to take on this Tennessee team that has a propensity to run the football love to run the football that's that's their bread and butter when they get taken out of that that's when they get into trouble do you think that you know as is or the way that they're proceeding that that's something we can anticipate is that we're going to have something out there that looks like the second half of that minnesota game yeah the mere the mere fact that you're mentioning montravius adams as a possible his absence being a a a possible problem for the Steelers points up that the, the exact problems that they're having. Right. Um, and, and, and so, um, you know, it, it's funny, Max, cause you can look at it at two ways. Of course, the biggest body of work is what we've seen in five of the last six games 
which is, you know, the Steelers giving up an average of 192.6 yards rushing. I mean, come on, that's just, that's unheard of, really. I mean, it's not only embarrassing, it's unheard of for this franchise. Uh, Or the converse is, you can sit there and look at the Browns game and the Ravens game, two of the best running teams in the league, and their ability to, to control those running games. Not shut down, but effectively, for as good as those teams are, holding them way 60, 70 yards below their per game average. So, you could sit there and, and kind of lean on that and say, okay, we've seen it happen here and in, 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 you know, at this last stage of the season. Um, but those, those other games are just, you know, the, the size of those holes in Minnesota and the cutbacks, you know, they still, that wide zone and the cutbacks, they just, uh, you know, they just have big time problems with that. And of course, you know, you're seeing Taco Charlton in there and you're seeing Derek Tuska in there mm. because Highsmith and Watt aren't there. But even when those guys are in there, that that attack gives them problems. But that 29-yard touchdown, I mean, to go some of those other holes, like on that 30-yard run, goodness gracious. Um, you know, it's it's that to me is the frightening part of, of what we're seeing. And they can continue to talk about bad fits and bad gaps and getting off blocks. But, you know, let's face it, for the most part, the biggest body of work, that's what we're seeing. And it really hasn't changed. And uh, I think the good, the, thankfully for the Steelers uh, case, that Derrick Henry is out and not playing. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. But that's, I think that's the only thing you can rely on, what they did to the Browns and what they did to the Reds. Yeah, that's the problem is the schizophrenia of what this defense has manifested. I mean, that we've seen thus far, like you pointed out, the Browns and so forth, and then, you know, against uh, what the Vikings did. And looking at some of those holes, as you described, I don't, there's, King Kong couldn't have fit some of those holes that were there. And Delvin Cook's run when he cut back, what was it, from 30 right. yards out or something? Right. Now, you had right. three guys right. literally fit, filling into the same backside gap. If you watch that film, they got washed down, and, and one of them overran it in there. Um, it just the incoherence of their ability to be able to play the run defense at sometimes against not other times, It's it's got to be very disheartening for them. And the problem is that on the second level, you got this line, linebacker thing going on where uh, essentially you know, you're trying everybody. Buddy Johnson was in there, Marcus Allen. Uh, hopefully you get Robert Spillane back because if anybody – had success last year against Tennessee uh, in that linebacker position. It was Robert Spillane. Uh, you know, well, Keith Butler mentioned getting him back, you know, getting a physical linebacker back. Now, again, somewhat to the same point of, of Montrevious Adams, when you're talking about getting Spillane back as a panacea, hopefully for the front defense, that kind of tells you where you are. Right. But to your point, they at least know Keith. Look, if it were up to Keith Butler, he'd play Robert Spillane. Yeah, uh, but that isn't going to happen because that gets overruled by the politics of the NFL, uh, or certainly the politics here that you know Devin Bush is a tenth overall pick that they traded up to get, and they have a lot invested in him, and so that's not going to happen. Um, but I think from a run defense standpoint, he would much rather uh, have him in there. You know, and and you know, somewhat to your point too, Max uh, earlier was, you know, I asked uh, I asked Butch today, I said. What gives you to? Because he said we're going to have to win the final four games to get in the postseason. Um, I think he's probably right. Three out of four could do it, but uh, I think even then you got your fingers crossed. But I said, what gives you the faith 
to think from what you've seen that's in that locker room to to uh, you know to think you can win run the table and win the final four games and you know I mean he you know he wasn't sounding overly optimistic of course he wasn't being negative either but you know he just talked about you know being able to stop the run and he said if you can stop the run I uh, said then it, it, that eliminates play action and, and it helps you to obviously stay in the game a little bit better and that's the other thing people are talking about the Steelers starting slow uh, offensively, well, the, the problem is, yeah, they're starting slow offensively, but the defense is doing nothing to keep them in the game. When you mm. look at these halftime deficits, 24-10 in L.A., 31-3 in Cincinnati, 23 nothing in Minnesota. Right. Um, to me, that's the biggest problem. The defense isn't isn't able to. They're not doing, but and they might not be able to keep them in the game. And that's that's why they're getting these big holes. You can't say, I'm not, I'm not giving a pass to the offense. So we've seen, you know, look at the L.A. game. They, they, they opened with a 12-play drive, kicked a field goal. Then it came back on the next possession and had a 13-play drive and got stopped on fourth down inside the 10. So they had two, two series in which they ran 25 plays, moved the ball down the field, and came away with three points. So part of that is, is finishing at the opportunities uh, when you get them. And they've, been, uh, they, they've just been unable to do that early, and the defense just doesn't help them out. And, you know, we, we've talked about offensively, about some changes schematically. Uh, you know, obviously Tom, Tomlin had his press conference and said, you know, talked about turning over stones. I mean, we, we've kind of hit this yesterday, but today, you know, offensively, what would you like to see? If you're turning over a stone, Jerry, you get the chance to lift a boulder off of something. Um, what are you turning over offensively that you would like to see differently? You know, Max, I would like to see Ben have more control. And while I think he's had more control, you know, we heard Mike Tomlin say the other day he didn't get the audible as much the other day or, or they restricted it. I mean, it was restricted because where they were playing. Let's face it, that right. noise, uh, th- that speaker system and that noise in that, in that uh, 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 stadium was as loud as, I, as I've heard. And like he said, you know, trying to scream to his wide receivers 20 yards away you know, an audible, he says, you know, even though there's some experienced guys and they know some hand signals, he goes, you know, it gets kind of tough. But I would just like to see, you know, you're talking about a guy who's been to three Super Bowls, won, won two of them, won 66% of his games and going to be the fifth all-time leading passer uh, on Sunday when he gets when he throws for 27 yards. And to me, if he's your quarterback, then you rely on his 18 years of excellence. Right. Um, and, and I would just like to see him have more control, not necessarily throw it 50 times a game, but, you know, and, and, and I understand you can't run the no huddle all the time. When you run the no huddle, uh, you know, first of all, it gets a little more tiresome of for, for your linemen, but also um, it, it, you know, it doesn't allow you to substitute as much. And so, it's okay, but you can't just run it all the time. But that's the other thing. I think, you know, I asked Matt Canna today if the if the no huddle has evolved. And, you know, Max, we talked about this oh, several months ago, and your explanation of it was just, was just so insightful and spot on, the difference between a two-minute and a no huddle. And I asked Matt Canada, has that uh, no huddle evolved from basically a two-minute offense? And he says, well, yeah, it has, but it's uh, been it's been about the same, whatever the heck that means. Um, <laughs> you, you know, it, it, from his point of view, from his point of view, right? But but Ben, well, Ben will t- 
tell you, not publicly, but, he'll, you know, it's different. And, Max, as you know, it's different. And I would just like to see a quarterback with his resume and his experience who, let's face it, can still throw the ball. These people who think he can, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Um, I would just like to see him have more control of what they're doing. All right, Jerry, thank you so much, brother. We appreciate you coming in, as always. Well, fellas, I will see you Sunday. And, Max, you better get out that scarf if it's only 63 there uh, today. And, uh, try yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Tell me. I'm, I'm pulling yeah, out, I'm pulling out my winter gloves and my hand warmers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. I'll see you Sunday. All right. Thank you so much. I'll and, of course, Sunday. that's Jerry Dulac brought to you by Chupka's Cafe 2 on the south side. Make sure to check it out. They've got 20 TVs, and they got outdoor, indoor patios. Grab an ice-cold bucket of Coors Light at Chupka's Cafe, too. We'll be back after this. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. You know, one of the things that's really evolved over the years is, um, in the last couple of years, is how... You handle the volume problem, the noise level in stadiums, the advent of the silent count. <laughs> in my day, Max, here's, here's what we did. You know, you had, first of all, everybody was basically under center. I think that it was the latter part of the 80s when I think Cincinnati started to do a little bit of shotgun or something like that. But regardless, pretty much everybody's under center. Now you've got the noise, the din, everything going on. One of the things that they tried to do was they tried to come along in early development of the IFB, the thing that you put in your ear like, you know, broadcasters have. Oh, yeah. All right. So they, the first the first try at it was we actually were playing a preseason game in Minneapolis in the old Metro dump, and Tunch Ilkin had one in his helmet, and he came back to the huddle after one play because what it was was he could hear the quarterback's voice so you could hear, the you know, any – calls snap count everything and yeah. he, he literally he started banging and he's going they're playing music like elevator music in my helmet <laughs> he goes somehow the the transmission of the wires got crossed up and he's got i don't know welcome to the jungle you know with uh you know only in terms of like as music so that was that That's was out funny. and what we were left with really was this if especially if you were a tackle you had to look at the ball and try to catch the quarterback's voice when he would turn his head towards you and know where you were in the count and kind of time that up. You would look out at the man you were playing against, maybe an outside linebacker like in Houston in the Astrodome. I would look out towards Robert Lyles, and I would take a picture of where he's at, look in at the ball. Now the problem comes when before you look in at the ball and after you take the picture, the ball gets snapped and you're lost in between. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, it is like a sprint to the quarterback to try to save the quarterback because you're already behind the, the, the defensive player making the jump on you. Now you have the silent count where the guard taps the, the center, center's head goes up and so forth. But it, I, that's a real advantageous uh, silent count to have versus what we had back in the day. Well, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, is that, you know, because – for me, like, we, it was what? What was that? Indianapolis, I think it was, when we actually brought out the silent count. And you're trying to figure out who can give the information or who can receive this information under these loud circumstances, right? Right. Um, because the old RCA Dome 
they pump music in and then it's a dome, right? So yep. along the lines of what Jerry was talking about, like at U.S. Bank, like it is loud, it is thunderous, it's tough to hear, but they can't focus it into the line like they used to. Um, you know, it, it's crazy how far we've come. And now, like you said, we're not getting music randomly, you know, <laughs> wires crossed and you're getting your own your own playlist in your helmet right. you know, between every play. <laughs> but I remember how loud it was to where I was yelling at Kendall. Kendall was yelling right. back at me. Kendall. And we heard Kendall nothing. Sim- Simmons. Simmons. Yeah. And, and you, we couldn't hear anything. Right. And so. I remember coming back to practice. Coach Cower was like, "All right, we we got we got to come up with something." And we had watched. I think it was Atlanta. They were the first team to do it, and it was kind of wonky the way they did it because they had the one where it was um, he would look right, he would look left, snap the ball like that was that was their silent count. Okay. And then Olin Krutz kind of had a more swinging one where he would move more of his body and then still and snap. Um, we came up with the head bob, you know, and, and, and the foot tap. So, you know, go under, look, Jeff would look, come back up, make whatever re-ID, and then go back down. Well, defense has got hip to that. Right. And so they're like, we'll just change it after the second time the guy's head goes down because we know it's probably going to go on two. It doesn't go on one normally. Um, and then they start getting the beat on that. And then ne- next thing you know, Ramon Foster – is looking back, center keeps his eye up, pouncy, keeps his head up the entire time, and he taps him. And then he does a quick little head bob snap. So, I mean, it, it's it's come so far to figure out ways of getting around that. But at the end of the day, it's still tough. Because, it like very you said, there's tough. still noise, you st- and you have to have trust along your offensive line that guys know what the adjustments are. Because if your center's sitting there, he makes a mic point, and all of a sudden, with the motion, everything shifts. Now he's got to bring the mic point back left. I got to know that I bumped my assignment over if I'm a right tackle, right? Right. So I've got to be screwed in. But I'm also trying to watch this this pit bull off the edge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is gonna be that's now widened out just a little bit wider. So now I'm stretching my eyes, trying to see the head bob and see the DN. It's just there's never. A, uh, and that's why it's an advantage, right? That's why you want your home stadium to be loud because you want to cre- create that conundrum. You want to create that moment where make a decision. Be yeah, a heartbeat late. Yep. Yeah, yeah. If you're a heartbeat late, you're, you're, you're wrong. And then you get guys jumping off sides. So it's funny how we've tried to come up with that over the time. Like you said, put, put a speaker in, in their headphones. You know, give them the IFB <laughs> speaker you know the green dot right that's what we call it now but yeah it it, there's there's never a foolproof way and that's where it comes down to knowing your assignments knowing the guy next to you and having trust at the end of the day if you have trust you're going to be way more successful than trying to watch one or the other i've got to trust that when i see something out the corner of my eyes i stay on my assignment because like you said if i look at the ball i'm missing I'm missing where the guy's moving. And if I don't know that he's moved a half a step out wider, that could be the difference between a sack and a successful block. <laughs> so it, it, it's crazy to talk about that. But, yeah, no, it, it's something that – It's a different animal, man. Have it. Different yeah, it animal. It is a completely different animal, especially at tackle. Oh, especially yeah. At, tackle. at least at center, you, 
you're closer to the ball. Well, a guard, know, you yeah. Kinda, you know, you're right yeah, there. You, you know, turn your head a little you bit, can, but tackle. You can, you're, you're you can doomed. do this. You can you can do a little little, little nudge back and mm-hmm. forth. You know, with your head to see it, but a tackle? No, no. Especially you, you when you, you get that, take a picture, look back inside, and all of a sudden the ball is already snapped, and then you t- look back out, and the guy's gone. That's panic, baby. That is panic. That is, that is, and it's not a magic trick. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Although you wish yeah. it was. You wish you could yeah. disappear right now. Yeah, I wish I could disappear. And, you know, just like those Southwest commercials. Yeah. It's like, need you a vacation? Get away. Why yeah. wait? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> All right, let's bring in the a couple guys uh, at the end here. We got CR and I think Juan coming in. All right, we got him. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's oh, up? Uh-oh. Juan, the oh. Carolina Connection. <laughs> Juan, you almost Juan. missed again. Yeah, you did. You got it in, though. Good deal. What's yeah. going on, fellas? I'll say more stuff different day. Uh, go ahead, Juan, and then I'll, uh, I'll give the, the information here. Okay, hey, guys. So uh, what you guys think about me and Joe Green about Big Ben? He said, hey, nobody wants Big Ben to return for 2022. They, they don't know football. What you guys got to say? I don't know. I didn't read that. All I read about was Joe was very disappointed with the Vikings game and that he was very disappointed in uh, Chase Claypool. What did he? I, I didn't hear what he What did he say about Ben? He said people that doesn't want Ben to return next season doesn't know anything about football. Well, I uh, think Juan, Juan, you do you left out a you left out a very important thing. He said they don't know crap about football, Juan. Come <laughs> Is on. That what yeah, journalistic yeah. integrity. Yeah. Journalistic Just, integrity yes. on this show. <laughs> hey, see, hey, see, Max, see, that's why that's why you're my buddy. You got my back, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Well, I think Joe's right. I think Joe's speaking his mind. And I, I will tell you this. I, I having been a teammate, having played Across from him in practice, uh, having um, listened to him in the infamous players-only meeting when he's the only guy I ever remember when Joe spoke, everybody just shut up. I mean, it was just boom. Uh, when he, he still speaks today, he speaks and uh, people listen. Yes, sir. And also, uh, so with the game coming up on Sunday, what you guys think? I think we should get the ball first. I'm tired of us deferring and not putting us in a hole. I think we need to get the ball first so we can put the pedal to the middle, what you guys say. That's my point. I want to win the toss. I want to come out and get after it, see if we can give a boost to our defense, get out there and score something. Of course, it all goes sideways if they go three and out, though, Max. <laughs> it does. It, it, hey, hey. It, it, it can it, it can be it can be a, a U-turn and a, and a no U-turn zone real quick if you go three and out with the ball first. But I think it's the right mentality. I mean, you have to change your mind state. You've got to be the aggressor. Um, and for these last four games, that's going to be needed. I think when you have that aggression, when you have that sense of urgency, it can make things a lot clearer because it is yes a frenzy, but it's outside the norm, right? It gets you uncomfortable, you know. You always talk about how, how do you how do you progress? How do you make headway? How do you become a better version of yourself? Well, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Nothing more uncomfortable than winning a toss and taking the ball. That that's uncomfortable right there because the norm is you take it, you defer, oh, we're gonna wait for the double score opportunity. Well, why are you waiting? There, the time <laughs> time is ticking. You got less than a handful of games. Well, you had you had thirteen previous games to figure out about waiting and being calculated. No, at this point now, 
hey, you're in the alley. They're walking in the alley. You know what they want to do to you, so why not take the fight to them? I'm not looking for a trash can lid. I'm, I'm, le- I'm leading with a knuckle sandwich, you know? <laughs> and at this point, that's what the Steelers kind of have to do. You got to lead with – yeah, exactly. You got you, you to gotta lead with the knuckle sandwich and say, you know, I'm just going to throw this haymaker and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Like, like our old buddy used to say, well, um, thanks. Tails never fails you. Tails never fails. You, you got to make the call. Hey, guys. Hey guys, we had two uh, we had two calls yesterday, eleven calls this week, and two hundred and forty two calls and counting this year. Uh, hey, the thing I want to talk about real quick is uh, Urban Meyer got fired, and I was listening to something on the on the on the one of the channels, and the guy that was talking was uh, all he could say was Jacksonville needs to trade with the Steelers to get Mike Tomlin, and he was talking about first round draft choices and all that kind of stuff. What are your comments on that? Well, you know what? I, I My only comment about Urban Meyer and all that went on and, and the rest of the stuff, I we don't have enough time to get to because we're less than a minute. But I will say this, all right? It makes me marvel at the Rooney's ability to select Chuck Knoll, followed yeah. up by Bill Cowher, followed up by Mike Tomlin, three Hall of Fame coaches in a row. I mean, we're talking uh, how many years since 1969? And there you got a coach that didn't last but 13 games. So thank goodness that the Roonies are much better at selecting head coaches than, uh, you know, Jacksonville. Oh, that's all I'll say. And that's all a little bit further. Hey, since he was a, since a former Florida Gator coach. Yeah. Long overdue, finally. <laughs> I mean, all the nonsense and everything else. I mean, you, if you want to have a winning culture, you want to create something – players look up to you've got to have that respect factor and he lost that respect factor when he decided not to fly home on the team plane Amen. Cincinnati. so we gotta go it boys was coming. Hey, okay uh, hey I'm, I'm gonna get your bags in the mail and, and get your mail out so make sure you guys get your luggage when you get there in the meantime <laughs> and in between time here we go Steelers. here we go all right Ooh. fellas take care man appreciate there we you go, boys jacob what do we got left we got we, we got time how much time? We're wrapping up right now. Okay. Time to go, Max. Thank you so much okay. as usual. I will see you tomorrow, my friend. God willing. And I want to thank yeah. everybody for dropping in and hanging out with us. We'll be thank back you very tomorrow. Thank much, everyone. Amen.